Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Burning songs. There's a technique that I always teach called clearing. And uh, so today we're not we're not using guitars or anything like that. And if you're at work or you know maybe you're you're busy doing something else, you can always come back to this and watch this later. And um, it's just something to think about a little bit. What I find a lot in my lessons, and again, I've been teaching. Well, I'm 50 now. I've been teaching since I was 17. Is it's always about perception. Like when you try to help people, you think about perception and and how people think about things. And see, it's just like education. You know, I was a Montessori instructor for many years as well. And you try and get people to understand the easiest way to get from point A to point B. Hey, Jack. And so today what I thought I would do is kind of explain to you a process that I've always used to efficiently learn songs and retain that information in my head. Now, again, it's going to be me talking, so it's it's not playing or anything, but hopefully this can help you a little bit. Hey, Raj. Hey, Father Dave. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Anthony. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at this from two different perspectives. The first one I want you to think about, and again, I'm just going to use some analogies here too. Hey, Tally. Um, hey, Brian. Is that when you're trying to, let, let's say you've been introduced to a song that you're going to learn. Maybe it's a cover song. Maybe it's an original song that some friend of yours wrote or something like that. Hey, Greg. Hey, Aaron. Hey, uh, Crispy Rambo. <laughs> Jerry, Paul, Little Abner, John, James. So awesome that all everybody's here. Hey, thank you, Easy. Thank you so much. Hey, Marshall. Hey, Robert. Um, okay, so again, what we're doing today is we're going to be talking about how to think about songs, how to memorize songs, hopefully more efficiently, and how to uh, retain that information, if you will. And I'm going to be using some analogies like I, I normally use uh, to try and make things a little bit easier for you. So, hey, everybody. Hey, Michael. Hey, Fran. Hey, Donald. Hey, Eugene. Um so again, no guitar playing today, and I, I want to get right on. I know everybody's saying hi, and I, I'm saying hi to everybody, but I don't want to waste too much of your time. So here's what I want you to think about. If you had a song that you need to learn, okay, and um, you don't know anything about the song, so we haven't started figuring out the key. We're not, we're not anywhere near that right now. We just have this song that we have to learn. Maybe it's a song we're going in the studio to record, or maybe it's a song we're learning with a band or Again, it's a song that maybe some your band came up with and they've presented it to you, and now you need to you need to learn it. And you certainly come across this a lot when you play in bands, whether it's a cover band or whatever it might be. And certainly when you get hired to do uh, work, like if you if you get hired to go on tour and you know you've got whatever you know twenty five songs or twenty songs that you have to learn, and you have two weeks to learn them, right? So a lot of times you don't have a lot of time to get all this together. You just have to get it together and go. So um, this says October 12th. Is it just going to load until? I'm not sure what that is. But anyway, um, so today is just a, a Monday motivation thing. That's all it is. And we're talking about songs. So um, think about it this way. When you first get that song, the first thing you do before you start digging in, in, in my opinion, is that you just listen to the song. And I've always tried to use the analogy when I'm teaching it, like if, if the song was the earth, right? And, and you're out in outer space 
and there's no gravitational pull. You're just experiencing the song in a very generic and, um, uh, you know, a, a visual or aural in this case, uh, perspective. So you're, you're not, you're not getting into key and all that stuff. You're just listening to the song. Maybe you start kind of identifying little elements of maybe, you know, repetition in a chorus or something like that, or, you know, some of the words to the chorus, but you're, you're not, you're not deep yet. You're just listening. Okay. And then what happens is as you get a little bit closer to it, that gravitational pull starts pulling you in. And what happens then is the song starts coming into perspective, into shape. And you start realizing, again, we're not ear training right now, that sort of thing. We'll certainly talk about that stuff sometime. But we're just, we're just now recognizing that there's some elements that we are aware of. There's a groove. You know, there's a tempo. Um, there's a time signature. And there's certainly elements of repetition that are happening. And this way, what we're doing is we're trying to just get to know the song. Okay? We're, we're, it's, like, it's like dating. We're just, we're just getting to know the song. We're not getting married. None of those things. We're just trying to, to get comfortable with what's happening. So that's where this whole thing starts before we get to what I'm going to talk about, which is clearing. Okay. We just start trying to become aware of things. And then what we do is we move in even deeper and we start really making a connection to the elements. Okay. And there's always this thing that I call red flags. Now, red flags are like when you're listening to the song, maybe you're driving in your car and you're listening to the song. And you start recognizing that this section here moves to this section here, right? And then to this section and so on. And you're making this connection. And again, you can define them as verse or chorus or whatever, and that's fine. But you're making this connection to these pieces. And as you're driving and you're listening to this song, maybe you've listened to this song now four or five or six or seven or ten times, okay? And you're, you're becoming aware of how each piece is kind of connecting to each next piece, Red flags for me are the parts where you're not, you, you go, oh, crap, I didn't realize that that was there. I keep forgetting that that's there, okay? That's a red flag thing. You just pin that little part with a red flag and go, okay, so I know that that's going to be an issue. Now, again, we're not talking technique or anything. We're not there yet. We're just orally listening to the song at this point. So once we get to that point where we've kind of worked out the overall general idea of the song, now what we're going to do is we're going to jump in. Hey, Peter. Hey, Joseph. Hey, AD. Hey, Aaron. And now we're going to dive in and we're going to start trying to look at the song on a deeper level. And the first thing I always tell people is when I mean go deep with the song, what we're going to do is we're going to dig underground. We're going to go underneath those lyrics. We're going to use the lyrics the same way we would use a drum fill or a, a bass line or a particular riff or something where it helps us to line up the parts. We're not, we're, I'm, I, I'm completely serious when I say this to people, for many years, many years of my life, lyrics meant nothing to me. Like I never paid attention to lyrics. I was a guitar player. And so it didn't matter what they were singing about. It didn't matter if I could understand the lyrics. It's only been in the last few years that I've really learned to appreciate lyrics, which is probably not good on my end, but that's the way, that's the way it was for me. So I could go deep. I could go underneath the song and I could use those lyrics to help me line up the sections of the songs uh, or the song that I'm trying to learn. I could use it as a tool, but I, um, I wasn't, you know, cause think of it this way. This happens to me all the time. I'm driving in the car and I'm listening to the song and I'm, I'm trying to get in tune with the tune. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about 
what I want for lunch. And then you come back and go, oh, crap, I missed part of the song, right? Or, or you start listening to the lyrics maybe and then – or whatever it might be, and you're distracted from that deepness of going in and really thinking about the organization of what you're trying to do. So once we've got that happening, now the question comes up, well, how do we learn the song? Now we've got an idea of this. Okay, well, the beauty of that is, is that we know where elements of repetition are happening. So it's not like, let's say it's a four-minute song. It's not like you have four minutes of learning to do if you can recognize the repetition elements, once you learn that element, we'll get to technique in a bit here, but once you learn that element, you already are aware that it's gonna go here and here and here, but there's this and this and this and this red flag thing that you're not really sure about. Um, and if you have any element of your training, maybe you're already kind of figuring out what you think the chords are or whether they're major or minor, that sort of thing. And again, we'll get into an ear training discussion sometime in the future, but this way, um, we're, we're kind of already making this more efficient because we're not going in blindly. We're not just going in and trying to learn a song we don't know or we've never really become intimate with. We're, we're actually learning something that we really have listened to five or 10 or 15 or 20 or however many times. We've, we've gone in there and we've listened and we know what we want to do. Okay. So as we start learning some of these pieces, we realize that those pieces are getting repeated over and over. Now, I always tell people when you first start learning a song, try and disassemble the elements. Now we're talking about the, the guitar parts. Try and disassemble them a little bit to where you're not getting focused on the prettiest parts, the most famous parts, right? And what I mean by that is if you're learning the basic structure of a song and then all of a sudden there's this cool little thing here that's on top of there, I'm not saying don't learn that. That's great. But again, let's say you had a deadline and you were trying to learn this song. You've never, you've never played it before. And you can already tell that it's going to give you a little bit of challenge by just generally listening to it. You don't want to get to sway or uh, kind of off the beaten track because of some lick that's in there that now you're spending three hours trying to memorize. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm saying you shouldn't do that right now because the most important thing is you learn what we call the bed. You learn that basic function or basic structure that's going to get you through this song. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. Okay, we need that to be able to get together with a group of people and play. If we just show up and go, well, I didn't learn the song, but I did learn that really cool lick, your band's going to go, well, okay, but what good does that do us, right? So, so we have to focus on learning the, the functionality, the basic structure of that song all the way through, not the 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 pretty stuff, I call it, on top. We'll worry about that later. Let's just get this thing learned. So now we're in there and we're actually now practicing. We're learning the parts, okay? Now, of course, the, the hard part is 
is if you're learning a song and you come across a section of the song that is maybe technically out of your range today, not next week or next month or something, but today that thing is causing you an issue. Well, again, it depends on if you have a time limit. If you have a time limit, you can you can sit and practice that over and over and over. But again, what I want you to do is I want you to kind of gloss over that at this point and try and learn this bad. Now, if there are 12 of those elements in this song, just hypothetically, that are going to give you big issues because technically they're above your, your level at this point, and I'm not being negative, I'm just being honest. Then you have to look at it realistically and go, I'm not sure if this is going to happen because I need more time to develop all of this stuff. If there's only one or two, we can come back and we can work with those a little bit, right? So this is where that honesty of learning songs or writing songs or whatever, it all depends on how much time you have, right? How much determination you have, how much effort you're going to put forth to learn whatever it is you're trying to do. But again, let's say we've got a song that is within our wheelhouse. So we start learning this basic structure. Here's the big thing for me. This is where clearing comes in is now I've been learning all these parts and I separate in my head, listening to the song and playing the song. Okay. I've been listening to this song longer, way longer than I've been trying to learn it because I would drive around. And this is something I always do drive around my car. I live four hours from Minneapolis and I have lots of friends in Minneapolis that play in a band, two bands actually in Minneapolis. So it gives me four hours to drive to Minneapolis for band rehearsals, things like that, to listen to and craft, which is something I love to do. It's, 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 I just love this kind of stuff. How these songs and structures and things like that go. And even if I'm not going to Minneapolis, I'll just drive around and listen to songs. Once I get it in my head, then I start crafting this bed, if you will. Now, here's the trick. Once you've done that, you start listening to the song. You go back to listening to the song and you see if you can visualize and literally see yourself playing the parts of the song. So I'm, again, I'm not getting in a car accident here, but I'm driving, maybe you're not driving, maybe you're just sitting in your room or studio or whatever, but so I'm, I'm listening to the song and I can see myself playing. I can see all the parts and I do this all the time. Now what clearing is, is if I get to a part of the song where I can't see it. It's like a dirty window. Like I got a window back here. It's a dirty window. I can't see clearly through it, okay? That is gonna be an issue for me when I get together with my band or I start recording or I jump on stage, right? These, I call them tension points. Those parts, if they're not cleared, they're gonna give you problems. They're gonna stress you out, right? They're, they're the parts that are the most forgetful. They're the parts where you tense up and go, oh, crap, here's that part again, right? Or, or it hits you when you're on stage and you that's where the mistakes happen. We need to clear those parts, those red flag parts. So as I'm listening to the song, if I come across a part that isn't clear, I make a mental note or literally mark it down on a piece of paper or whatever, and then I go back and that's the part that I have to keep twisting and connecting to, if that makes sense. Once I've done that, I can clear it and it's ready to go, okay? So hopefully that kind of makes sense to you. Now, the last thing I wanna tell you about, and again, I'm using the driving analogy, is that learning how to play a song or learning how to play 10 songs or learning how to play, if, you, if you've ever played in a cover band, you know, from nine to one or 9.30 to one thirty or 10 to two or whatever you're playing, you know what it's like to play 40 or 50 tunes 
at least sometimes, right? How do you remember all these songs? Okay, well, I'm going to use the, the analogy of driving again. When I start playing a song, I don't see the entire song sitting out in front of me as a whole entity. I don't. Maybe you do, but I do not. Okay, what I do is I think of the song like driving. Okay, if I'm going from where I live to wherever my destination is, I'm going to get groceries. Okay, I'm 30 miles out of, out of Fargo. So I'm driving into Fargo. I know where the stop signs are, right? I know where I have to turn left and where I have to turn right and all those sorts of things to get to my destination. I'm not thinking about the entire drive, the minute, excuse me, I get in my car, I just start driving, okay? So what I want you to think about here is as I'm doing this, okay, I know where those things are. I know where that stop sign is, okay? So when you're learning a song, it's like driving through the song. You know when that stop sign's coming up. It doesn't surprise you. You've already cleared that, okay? It's already coming up. So as you're playing that song and you're on stage and you're playing with your band, that's, that part is coming up. You're aware of it just like you're driving. If you're not, again, there's a clearing issue that you need to work with. So that's what I want you to be thinking about a little bit when you learn songs. And the beauty of doing that is it's easier to retain that information as you keep learning other songs, okay? Now, finally, because again, I don't wanna take up all of your time. If you go back to the thing I said before about certain issues that you're having with the song, and I, I would encounter this with students all the time because with my students, not only did they learn how to play, but we would have actual performances with my, with my students where, where they'd get together with a drummer and whatever, and they'd perform in a band and things like that, because I always thought that was a really important element of, of learning. It wasn't just playing, but actually interacting with other musicians. And let's say I have a student that's learning a particular song, and it could be just like you or even me. And they're learning this song, and we get to a certain part in that song. Maybe they're learning Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses, and they get to the solo, and they cannot play that solo. Okay, then I have to teach them that it's okay for them to revamp that element if there's a time limit. I'm not saying don't learn it note for note. And again, you can do whatever you want, but you can't make the impossible become possible just immediately because you want it to happen, right? It, it takes time and it takes effort and all these different kinds of things. Okay, so what I help them do is craft elements that can fit that space that maybe aren't exactly what the original artist did, but something that will still suffice to get them from this level to this level, which is practice to performance, as opposed to, well, I'm just going to practice until I can play it. Okay. Well, all right. But then you'll never play like, because this, none of us play anything absolutely perfect every single time, you know, times, 50 songs, right? We, we interject ourselves into songs many times for multiple reasons, because we choose to, because we have to, and there's all kinds of different things that we can do, okay? So what I want you to think about is the fact that when you are learning these songs and you do come across these elements, I'm not saying don't practice them or don't get better at them. Of course you want to do all those things, but you have to be realistic because oftentimes if you come across a song and you, you find measure seven, Right. And that measure seven is just like, holy crap, that is so beyond anything that I can do. But the rest of the song was tolerable. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to throw that song away? Because 
because of measure seven? Or is there a possibility that you could twist that a little bit to make it something that's still functional and then learn your song? Okay, so hopefully that helps you a little bit to understand how I think about songs in terms of like, you know, sort of a, a bird's eye view and then how gravity hits and I start moving into that song and I learn more about it. And then I start dissecting that song and really trying to clear the entire tune. Um, and then again, if I have issues with working on songs, think about how important it is. And this is really the bottom line. Think about how important it is to spend time actually absorbing the song itself, not just playing, but spend time really listening and absorbing and becoming part of that song visually and orally, right? Whatever that means to you. Before you start diving in and trying to play just the, the riffs and whatever the song might be, you don't have to do that for every song. I mean, there are songs that you'll just, you know, have some fun and learn a little section to. It's okay. But if you were hired, for instance, by a band to learn 10 songs by next Friday's practice or whatever, and that happens to guys like me all the time, now you have a time limit, right? I play in church. You know, back in the day, it isn't as bad now, but back in the day, I mean, you'd learn whatever, four or five tunes, and, you know, you only got a couple of days to learn them, which really isn't a big deal. But you still got to plan it out. I mean, you still got to figure out what you're going to do with this thing. I used to play in a, uh, a metal band, which we played, you know, Slayer and Anthrax and Metallica and Megadeth and Prong and, you know, Strapping Young Lad and all that stuff. So the, the night would be three hours of absolute intense music. It's a lot of stuff to try and remember, let alone play. And there, you got to find an efficient way of being able to do that sort of thing. So hopefully that helps you a little bit to think about. Um, if it does, uh, again, um, you know, maybe share this video with somebody or anything like that. But again, just stay positive, keep practicing, and I'll see you next Monday for sure. And we'll keep going, okay? Hey, Gary, nice to see you, bud. Wayne is here. Raphael is here. Poo Ninja is back, and he's digging prong. Uh, right here is... He's, he's got his prong going, which is good. Okay. So yeah, prong's awesome. I love that kind of stuff. So you're welcome, Gerald. You're welcome. You're welcome, White Rabbit. Thank you so much. Everybody take care, stay positive, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. So, okay, well, let's get going with this because I don't want to take up too much of your time here. So let's say instead of thinking about playing this... <laughs> that whole shape, let's just take the first octave of it for now. Just that octave. And what I want you to think about is I want you to think about how you could take that and start playing it in different places on your fretboard. So let's take the sixth string, fifth string, and fourth string and try and learn how to play this major scale on all three of those. And again, it's going to be quite easy because it's always the same shape, right? Hey, Wayne, do I teach acoustic? I do. Yep. Stuart, and the stuff that we're learning today certainly can be applied to acoustic as well. Um, you know, there's so many different things that can be applied anywhere. So, uh, okay, cool. Let's keep going. So let's say I found on the fifth string, I found the E. Okay. And I'm going to play that same major scale. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then one again. Now, remember, as we're playing this, what I want you to think about is how the shape I'm playing is exactly the same. I'm playing a spread fingering, spread fingering, and then the major seventh going to the root. 
Okay. And then let's go to the fourth string and do exactly the same thing. So let's go down to the fourth string and go spread fingering, spread fingering, and then the major seventh to the root. Now, because of the tuning of the guitar, when you go to the fourth string, you got to move in one more fret yet. And what's really great about this is if you're, you're not really apt on ear training, this is a really great way of getting your ear used to right? getting used to that. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.